Right. Should we say why we're here? All right. So, plan that an ultra endurance event. Um, whether it reaches its finale or not is a different story. Uh. Um, but you have the information there for the rest, don't you? Uh. So I suppose that's what the the whole podcast is going to be about: is can we come from the couch? Essentially, they they doing this ultra marathon within. What have we got now? 39 weeks? A 40 mm. week training plan? And what are the actual did? So the race itself is scheduled on for the 23rd of March next year. 23rd of March? I think so. Should we even talk about how we got here first of all? How we... I'm just going to spur the moment thing like was uh, that? Well we've been talking about doing a podcast for a while now. Like we've been always kind of back and forth about it thinking about what we could talk about and then I kind of approached you then with this idea of the race which was insanity insanity <laughs> uh, well it come from the the Mojo podcast so mm-hmm. I was training for a marathon um, and as part of the marathon training I was listening to this Mojo podcast which is Joe Wicks was training for a marathon, um, and he had Mo Farah. Joe Wicks wasn't even training for a marathon. It no, was George it? Lamb training no, for a marathon, and he had Mo Farah and Joe Wicks as his kind of training and nutrition partners, mm. and they'd done a whole podcast series of covering everything from training techniques, nutrition, motivation, all that kind of thing. So... I was training for the marathon at the same time and listening to this podcast and finding it really interesting and learning lots from it. And then about three weeks before the marathon, then I was out running one day and it kind of clicked on me then. I'd seen a, a video for the race. Someone sent it under the, the WhatsApp group, I think it was Ryan. And I thought I would love to do that, but I just don't think I would have it. I maybe dedicate the kind of the amount of time to training and all that. Um, it's, a, it's a massive mammoth challenge. So uh, it just kind of clicked me when I was out running. I was saying, why don't we do this as a podcast and mm. run it as a wee challenge and see, can this be done? Can we, you know, do, do you have to be a, a well-established ultra runner to, to run the hardest race in Ireland or can you just train hard and, and put the effort on and do it? So that's that's what happened. I text you then. I suppose, do you want to cover a wee bit about your experience or, or your what you do? As endurance, I'm As a, absolutely in the dark too, like, well, not absolutely, but, um, as you know, more of a weightlifting background, um, resistance training. So we're both being thrown curveball for the, for the full thing, like, we're both learning, like, um, I think the podcast is the way to do this event because this is your incentive. Now, this is a thing when them, when, when you're out training over the winter, because that's when it's going to get tough. This is what's pushing you on, like uh, people are waiting for their two week <laughs> or three week update. You uh, know what I mean? So, I suppose that that is the thing. Once you put yourself out there and say I'm going to do something and, and make it public, then you have to it. do it. And uh, especially because you're stubborn anyway. <laughs> At the uh, best of times. <laughs> so if you have people that knows, right? This guy should be out training. He's going for this event. The only thing stopping he's going to be an injury. Uh, That's it. You're doing it, like you're on it now. You've signed up. Once this podcast goes live, ah, uh, there's no bagging out. <laughs> no pressure. Um, you're talking about injury. Is there much risk of an injury to the runners or, or cyclists? Well, you're going, you're going at low intensity because yeah. that's that's just the nature of it. It's ultra endurance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So. Like I say, it's 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 low intensity, but it's repetitive. It's just knocking on your joints constantly. Uh. Maybe maybe you'll be you maybe you'll be fine. Hopefully you will. Like, but you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot. Especially as we get closer to it, your output's gonna increase drastically. You you'll probably have like really really difficult scheduling pro- problems because you're working a full time job. You've mm. got a kid. You know this is all going to add to the stress factor, right? Which can which can affect your performance and can potentially put you at risk of injury. Do you know what I mean? So right. hopefully, you know, we're going to be staying at that same intensity. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we're fine and 
injuries, not somewhere to deal with. We should mm. probably think about doing some sort. Well, I have, I have soft tissue work on on your on your week four anyway. Mm. But we should be we should be thinking about doing some prehab, some some stuff that's gonna keep your keep your body in good condition. Yeah. Um, for the weeks that you're rattling away at it, you know things like yoga and stretching and. Right. Uh, um, we, well, we should come to the the training program that you put together. We've got what the first four week training program. Mm. Um, we'll we'll come to that in a wee minute. I just I think we should maybe explain a bit about the wrist itself and what it actually involves. We we kind of skipped over that. Uh, so you have the, you have the breakdown there of like give them the distances first. Ah, so it is. Ireland's ultimate endurance event. So 250 kilometers in total. So we start off with 24k run from Garden Adventure Centre to Loch Swally. So that's what, a half marathon run. Half marathon, yeah. uh, then a 15k kayak. I thought it was a 10k kayak. I didn't tell anybody 10k. Uh, right, 15k kayak. Um, that's from Remelton to Rath Mullen. Um, then you're straight onto a bike for your first cycle. That's 96 kilometers from Rathmullen to Muckish Mountain. My God. Then you're off the bike and up Muckish. So that's five kilometer hike, 500 meters vertical ascent up and down Muckish. Uh, when you get to the bottom of Muckish, you're back on the bike for a 68 kilometer cycle from Muckish to Glen Bay National Park um, and then you're off the bike and you finish up with 41k which is a nice wee marathon they finish it all off 24 hours to complete if you don't uh, finish in the 24 hours you're pulled from a race mm. so as far so, as extreme events go it's about as extreme as you can get like uh, and, uh, and you're not coming from any sort of athletic background <laughs> no <laughs> uh, <laughs> But hey, you've got the right mentality for it. You know, like I said, you're stubborn. You don't give up on things easily, and you've got a, a light bulb. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you've got the right bulb for it, like. Uh, so well, well, that's what your fellow was saying when we went for the lactic acid test this week. He was saying you're you're the right kind of size and width for it. Mm. So that's that's one advantage I have, I suppose. Um, against all those overwhelming odds. <laughs> Focus on the good things. Uh, stay positive. So it's basically a half marathon, a 15k kayak, 90k on the bike, 5k mountain climb. What's it? What's a second bike? 50, 70. 70k. And then a, a marathon. Uh, that is crazy. It's madness when you think about it. Considering I just finished a marathon there and it was a struggle. Going in, I was really confident. And I think the two weeks leading up to the marathon... We had, we had already signed up for this race. So I was already looking past the marathon the whole time. And I was kind of thinking, this is only one stage of the big event. So mm. uh, I was really confident going into the marathon. <laughs> and and walk is. <laughs> and then it turns out you nearly did walk it. And then I did walk it. it. So, um, <laughs> I, so if you had to ask me, that day then or even the next day after the marathon if you had to give me the option to pull out of this I think I'm, I might have considered it anyway. <laughs> I might have just said no nah, no chance <laughs> but I give it a couple of days you forget about all the, the struggle and you think you know what I'm, I'm going to nail this I feel yeah. a wee bit more determined now hey you didn't train smart either for the marathon like. I didn't you, you train just smart went, you just went out and did a bit of running you were still uh, well, drinking and you name it like. still drinking still not eating really healthy at all and then going on Gary Stagg do to Budapest yeah. two two or three weeks before the marathon didn't do me any favours but not even at that there was no kind of no professional help either which which is what you're providing and you know the the things like the the lactic acid threshold test that we've done this week like I would never have knew to do that or yeah. even thought to do that in advance of the marathon training and even just getting that and then doing the, like what I've done this, this week, five or six sessions this week. Yeah. It's a whole new new way of training, but uh, it's definitely a, a lot easier and, and feel a lot more confident now uh, uh, that, that this challenge is possible. 
Hey, I think one of the big factors in it is going to be that you, you'll just know that if you stay at this heart rate, you can go all day. Like. Mm. Well, that's... And not trying to... Like, normally, if you're running and you're, you've set yourself a piss and you had a hull, you're probably going to try and not drop your piss too much, which yeah. is going to end up leading to fatigue. Whereas now you know, right, then you cut the piss back to stay, on, to stay within this heart rate. Uh, I would have actually been in the mentality of... Send her on. Push it up the hill, get you know, give it that wee bit extra, and get this hull out of the way. Um, whereas it's the complete opposite for endurance anyway. You you need to be doing the complete opposite, right. which I just didn't know. But uh, should should we talk a wee bit about the the actual lactic acid threshold that we've done this week? Aye, aye. So, what what do you call the place <laughs> we went to go to get it done? Um, Kyle Wallace is the the name of the guy who provided the test for us, and he's I think his place is called Aspire. Right. Um, Aspire Fitness, which looked like a just a wee small studio. It looked like they were they were doing some personal training in there. Mm. It's just a it's just a wee room. Um, but he he took us through the the lactic threshold test, which which is basically the the format that we're going to be using for the totality of our training throughout the throughout the build up. Um, basically, the point of this risk is they not fatigue. It's not really about a risk, essentially. It's about finishing more mm. than anything else um, and that's what the, the lactic threshold provides it, it tells us when we're going to fatigue and how not to mm. um, so we went down we got this test done it was just a treadmill test and then he took blood tests every three minutes as he increased the speed incrementally too ah. um, so starting off on the treadmill at 11 kilometers per hour uh-huh. every three minutes uh, it goes up one kilometer per hour but at the same time, every three minutes, they'll record your heart rate and take a blood sample and do an RP. And you just basically go to failure. Yeah. And that got hard fast. Right. You know, at the start, I was grand, you know, the first six, nine minutes. And then all of a sudden, boom, it just hits you and you, mm. you just cannot go on any further. But, you know, analyzing the results then was, was brilliant, really, mm. really informative then when, when he takes you through and says, you know, shows you the wee graph and shows you exactly where you're going to start to fatigue. Uh, shows you the heart rate that you have to stay within in order to avoid fatigue. I thought it was brilliant. It was yeah. re- really good, good experience. And I would definitely advise anybody that's that's going for kind of any endurance event, whether it be an ultra or a marathon or you know even a half marathon. I, I think it you you know it, it would transfer across. You could still use that. Mm. So uh, well, try athletes use it. Triathletes, it's a big thing in, in triathlons. Like, right, it kind of means they if they keep pushing their lactic threshold, they can keep moving faster before they fatigue. You know, right. and the guys here are really good. Like, they can move at like maybe ninety percent of their absolute maximum output before they hit their, right. their threshold. You know what I mean? That's which is insane. You know what I mean? When do you remember he was saying you your lower levels was the problem? Like you uh-huh. had you had your threshold. Really, really, Dead really, fast. really quickly, and then he said, "You were able, you were able to get it up really high." Then, so basically, you had the frame of mind to keep going. Ah, it wasn't that just your threshold was good; it was just that you, you, you wouldn't give up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Stubbornness, um, just yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just see if I can pull up the results of the threshold test here. Uh-huh. See, basically, what it is is as you're exercising, your body builds up lactate. And it can deal with it. Actually, feeds on a lot of it, as you're, as he was saying the mm. last day. But as the intensity increases, the lactate becomes more than your body can ha- can handle. And so once it gets to that point, that's your lactate threshold. And once he he, he pass that, that's you and fatigue, and you're basically just going downhill. It's just a it's a it's a fight with your body. Then though they they yeah as you say not give up. And so basically, the higher we can get your threshold. The longer you can go for, yeah. it's as simple as that. Like well, you know, you'll not feel the, the the fatigue or the effects of fatigue. Give us the the results, and they come in a wee kind of graph. What we'll do, we'll have a Facebook page set up for this kind of challenge. I'll stick a screenshot of the the results up on that, and then once we hit the twelve week test, I'll put the 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 next set of results up, and we can kind of compare the two. That's what I was going to say. To you. We need to do. We need to do a speed test too. Right. Possibly tomorrow morning if you're... Ah, well, I'm training tomorrow morning, so we can do that. It, it'll only take us literally 15 minutes, so we'll just do it out the line. Right. If we do, like, a mile down, a mile back. Yeah. 
at zone three. Uh, right. Just see how long it takes you, and it means then uh, we go. Well, I should have them stats. I've been tracking all my runs anyway, and zone two, so mm. we can pull that up on the wee Strava app. I'm using the Strava, and you can actually add me on it. It's about like Facebook for training. Right. You have a wee timeline, and all your friends. You can see their workouts and all that. So I should be able to get on and, and see my zone two for speed two, for anyway. two miles. For two mile, I will have it for six mile there, but you can break it down to yeah. the individual miles and all that. So, I uh, we'll we'll get that sorted. But definitely, we can we can get out tomorrow evening as well. So See, I, that's the the thing about is that from your outdoor runs or the treadmill? Outdoor runs. See if you had towels and stuff, your pistol probably. Ah, uh, that's that's one thing I find when I was out training, and you're you're trying to stay within this this heart rate zone, and I'm hoping that as I train more and I go back for my next test. That the heart rate zones opens up a wee bit because mm. my zone two is between what 144 beats and 150 beats, which yeah. is really hard to stay with on, uh, on the road. Yeah. When you're on the treadmill, it's really simple because you can control it so precise. But every wee incline and decline just makes a difference on the road. And what I found, do when you, did you do you remember as well that they said about your cycling? Ah, uh, they take drop, drop take ten off it. Ah, uh, uh, so what what is the the idea behind that as well, I, d- I, I didn't understand fully. I'm not 100% sure, I know, I just know y- you need to be doing, like technically you should do a light like threshold run test and a, a biking test. test yeah. Right, right. Um, but as he said, you can kind of extrapolate it by dropping 10, you know, beats, 10 beats off your zone. Right. And that gives you roughly your zone 2 for the bike. Right. Well, I've been I've been working off that in my training anyway, mm. st- staying in oh. the lower zone. When I was out running the last day, trying to stay in zone two, when I was going up a steep hill, was impossible without walking. You know, if I if I jogged at all, even right. jogging at walking pace, so, yeah. I was going up. So I actually had to walk a wee bit up the hill. But I didn't feel like I had to walk. No, I could yeah. easily have jogged up yeah. the hill. But just in order to stay in zone two, I had to walk up the yeah. hill, which... Again, I'm hoping improves. Lab uh, will improve, uh, but whether it broadens, like you'll definitely be able to move up the hill faster, like. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just not sure if your heart rate zone broadens, like. Uh, that's, the, I would like to explore a wee bit more the whole staying on zone two and why it's so important. Because while I, my whole marathon training, I was running, you know, nine minute less than nine minute miles, um, obviously way above zone two heart rate. But fatiguing after, you know, six to nine miles or whatever. Whereas that last run I went out, it was my first outdoor run while staying on zone two. Mm. And I was running like between 11 and a half and 12 and a half minute miles, which is, you know, really, really slow. slow. Do, you ever, do you ever be out and you see someone jogging and they look like they're just jogging <laughs> at walking pace? <laughs> that's, that's literally what I was doing the <laughs> full time. It was a wee bit annoying actually because I was thinking, but, you know, by looking at me going like this, by jogging, <laughs> yeah. he could might as well be walking. But um, that's what I mean. It's, it, it was a wee bit frustrating nearly. I think the purpose of it is they so at, by the time we get to the event, your zone two is a fast zone uh, two. Do you know what I mean? Because it's ultra endurance, you need to go for as long as you can. And this is basically the zone. This this is the zone above warm up or recovery. Like do you uh, know what I mean? And that's the zone that you can go the longest on. Yeah. Uh, well, that's so, so that's the zone they work with. That's one thing I definitely did notice at the you know what was it around six mile there the other night in, in zone one or zone two sorry and. I was fresh, you know, com- coming up the yard. I, I could have ran around, you know, again, mm. no problem. Whereas uh, when I was training for the marathon, even that, after that first one, that's when I was really starting to feel the burn. And then yeah. I would have done another cycle, but it was tough. Yeah. Um, even, the, you know, com- coming on the M6 miles, I mean, coming on six miles on the actual marathon day and my legs just burning because I had just completely pushed it too far to start with just the, the excitement and adrenaline on the yeah. day and feeling really confident running you know eight and a half minute miles for your first six miles and then just burning out like mm. that hey what we could do too just for like event testing is and it would also be a test for our speed in our zone see if we just signed up for say 5k's and stuff like that ah. um it would get you to stay events and you could just stay in your zone not worry about racing the other competitors and just say look ah. my 5k is getting faster and that would be a nice wee 
there's one in September actually. Um, I think C, C from September onwards. I think they're fairly. There's the Jog and the Bog will be um, in August. Right. So we could start with that one maybe. This one I'm talking about, it's not 5k, it's, it's 64k. But it's uh, more or less like a wee money version of what I'm doing. There's a kayak route, a, a running route, and a cycling route. It's 64, so I might actually sign up for that. I don't know if September would be a bit too early to be jumping on the 64k. Um, it's only what? Three months away, is it? June, July, August, September. Four months. Um, but I definitely, I would I would love to get a, a couple of wee events and under my belt. There's actually a website I find that kind of lists out all the marathons, half marathons, 10Ks, all that in Ireland. So if we get a few of them banged out, be a good experience. It means the pressure and the excitement on that day is not going to... Uh, your stuff feel it, obviously, but uh, it'll not be as overwhelming and... Make it stupid stuff, like you know what I mean. Ah, definitely. That's I think when I was just at the start when I had looked at this event, I looked online at the last year's competitors' times, and I might have been messaging you about it and saying, you know, look at their first stage one, thirteen miles they're coming yeah. on it, you know, twelve minute per mile, and I was like, I'm running nine minute miles now. Yeah. I'm ahead of these people. Yeah. We should talk about. Should we talk about guests that we hope to get on or? I suppose the, the idea as the podcast progresses is that we would start to bring people on the, so people aren't just listening to me and you right. blabbering on all the time. Right, plus, You're we're going to run out of, like, there's only so much you can talk about every two weeks, you know, about uh, the same thing. Like, uh, There's yeah. only so much we know as well. It'd be good to get, you know. Yeah. We, could probably, we could probably blaze through your training in uh, 15 minutes, know that your previous two weeks training, like. Uh, and it could, it could potentially be repetitive too it's like ah, it's just the same man it's been going good and you know, uh, nice to have a guest on I love when I'm going to be committing like 15 hours a week training and you're like ah we can play through that in 15 <laughs> minutes <laughs> uh, sound. hey but we we obviously need to get some endurance ex- athletes uh, some uh, people here are experts but can branch out to you more or less any domain like you know fitness is kind of fuck Fitness the, the, whole, is, the whole town's in, in the bubble, like, you know what I mean? So everybody's kind of... Fitness is the the main thing that, that's going to drive this challenge. You know, obviously I have to build up the fitness, but there are other aspects and, and people in industries, I suppose, that could come in and, and talk about their experiences or whatever that's that's mm. going to be relative to this kind of thing. Like, a, a lot of it's going to come down to motivation. Mentality. And mentality. Mm. And, you know... That's transferable across all industries, I suppose. So it'd be it'd be interesting if we did start getting some some cool people that just contact us and says, "I'll come on and chat a wee bit." There, um, there's a list online of previous competitors of the race. I'm gonna definitely contact a few of them and s- see if we can get a previous competitor on just to talk about it. They're they're going to know exactly what it's like. It'd be good actually uh, to get someone that. That failed it. Thirty percent of the competitors drop out. Is that a dropout route? Uh, which up. is high. So it'd be good actually to get someone that's dropped out. They they come on. Uh, <laughs> you're even less confident for me now. Oh, I would say I would say there's a lot of people who sign up to that and approach it the way you approach the marathon. Just mm. go out and do a bit of run, but a okay, again, don't take it all that serious. Even I'm sure people warns them a lot, and they just go, "Ah, be grand. I'm I'm fat enough. I'm, I'm grand." Uh, like. And I'll uh, be warned a bit a lot of them haven't got that black day test done to you know. Ah, uh, true. That's one of the things uh in that Mojo podcast I was listening to. Your man Joe Wicks, the body coach, you know, you see him high intensity interval training all mm-hmm. the time, ripped to shreds and he talks about he done the marathon, he came out like five and a half or six and a half hours or yeah. something, just completely underestimated it, didn't train properly, um, and struggled on the day. Mm. So the the well, the whole idea of bringing you in is so that doesn't happen to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have a lot of time to, to course correct and do what we need to do as we go, like, do you know what I mean? Uh, um, I made that mistake myself when coming up to Santorini, you know, when I was doing a vegetarian diet and I was doing a lot of hats and stuff, and I was feeling super fat, mm. but I hadn't done any running. I was doing all hat sessions, you know, but, like, my output was really, really good, like, and I was like, right, I'm going to do jog the bog. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna, yeah, uh, I'm gonna push for sub twenty, you know, the the five k, huh. and I talk off, like we like, yeah, I see where 
risen it, like, you know, the guys right. who were coming on sub 20. And I absolutely murdered myself. I came on like 23 minutes. Uh, like, and I, and I, I, and I was like, came over the line. I was like, I am absolutely hammered. <laughs> and it was 5k, like, you know, and I was feeling like really fat, there. like. Uh, so it's just, it's just a different, it's a different thing, like. Uh, well, we have, we have 10 months. My worry is that going through the last of previous competitors of the race, there's the, all of them nearly. Um, well, I haven't found anyone on the on the list that has less experience than me. Everyone's done some sort of long endurance event, at least one or two marathons. Bar actually, that fella, the blog we found, he competed two years ago. Had he done nothing? Well, it's not that he hadn't done nothing. He, he probably has done a load of stuff, but I just remember on his blogs saying the marathon at the end of the the race was his first ever marathon uh, and he was setting off in that after doing you know 200 plus k before but he finished it but that's it was saying going through the 2018 competitors anyway that definitely couldn't couldn't see anybody that had had uh less experience than me so i know 10 months is a long time but it won't be long i'm flying in and i'm wor- a wee bit worried that 10 months is isn't enough yeah. Um, no, it will be. Ten, well, ten months a long time. All we have to do is finish. Ah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I made that sound a lot easier than what, it's, it, what it is. Like, 30% dropout rate's pretty crazy. Like, uh, But you'll be grand. Like I say, if you just stay in zone two, you'll be fine. Uh, so yeah. we we should actually talk a wee bit just about the, the training. So you've done the, the first four week training plan, what mm-hmm. it involves. So we're training six days a week, yeah. which, to be honest, <clears throat> it's not, um, it's not difficult, but it's really time consuming. Uh, and I'm, sh- I'm sh- one week in, and the excitement and all still there, and I'm really motivated and all that. I just need to stick at it. I'm worried that you know, twenty two weeks in, uh, training six days a week, it's just gonna grind me down a wee bit. It will, man. Your this event's happening. How many weeks before your wedding? Ah, true. What two two weeks? You're gonna have to. You're gonna. I think have Danny to. still thinks it's a month before the wedding, but <laughs> <laughs> she will listen uh, to this. Anyway. Cut this <laughs> bit out, <didn't> <laughs> she will listen to this. Uh, I'm doing that thing. Mel Gibson was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Clicking my pen. Uh, um, I, it's that's gonna be a part of it. Like that's gonna be a part of the the mental battle. It's not just gonna be on the day. Like, uh, like oh, the. On the day, on the day is going to be easy. You only have to do it once. <laughs> uh, but the training update is going to be tough. Like no, uh, you're going to be, like coming towards the end of it. You're going to be doing long sessions too. Uh, yeah. You know. But at the minute we're doing so six days a week, roughly between an hour and an hour and a half, five days a week, and then one big one on the weekend. Which, uh, well, it's only an hour and a half the first week, but I think that you know that's gonna scale up to maybe four or five hours once a week. Something interesting that I find is we're never actually going over the kind of five hour mark right up through the forty weeks. You know that's where we're gonna max out, and right. the the race itself is up to twenty four hours. Mm. So apparently that was a really old school method of training where they used to, you know, say say people was training for Ironman or whatever. Yeah. Um, they would have instead of doing like you know what we'll go for like a maximum five hour session ah. they would have went right we need to train for this Ironman it's going to take us about 13 hours we need to go out a few times 13 hours and do 13 hour sessions right. and it just has no carry over to your actual event no and the thing is that the recovery from doing ah, that is going to wipe out you know a, a full week's training it'll obliterate your body like even well I got a bit of a buy a ball yesterday because the car broke down in the more mountains uh, so I didn't get training yesterday but yesterday my my legs were tight you know that's like I, I had done five days training in a row and I'd done a marathon two weeks ago the the most I'd trained in one week was three days mm. so I, you know I'd done more training the first week of this than I did in the whole marathon training mm. but like I say it's it's not not tough training it, it, there's no point where you're thinking Jesus I can't go on anymore but um, uh, it's just long long yeah. time especially the the indoor training um like w- when you're out running if you're doing like do a run for say an hour and a half it's not that bad it kind of flies in because yeah. you're passing stuff and taking in the views and all that kind of stuff there is the whole 
hamster wheel mentality when you're on a, a treadmill for an hour, an hour and 20 minutes or something, it can be a wee bit. That's where music is, is key to it. You know, if you, if you have your Spotify, brilliant for that. One thing during the race I noticed, there's no, you're not allowed music at all. I don't know why. I don't know what the, the reason is behind it, but Ooh. there's no MP3 players, no. So that's going to be a big thing. just they make it harder for you because it says on their... On their intro, they want this to be as hard as possible. Uh, that's part of the reason that they do it in March because the uh, adverse weather conditions that you're going to face. Uh, well, there there might be a whole health and safety aspect too. You know, if, mm. if you have the headphones on, uh, it's flying cycling down the road. Cycling down the road, uh, but it no doubt it will definitely make it harder. Especially you know, thirteen hours of the race is ran and pitch black darkness there's no headphones whatsoever so you can have it in like your lockbox before the last no, run or whatever or? no it's, it says no mp3s allowed in the thing so i know that'll be tough and it's it's completely unsupported too so you can't uh you can't have you know people in the crowd handing you yeah. drinks what? drinks of water or anything like that what what you have is your supplies is what you can carry uh, and that's yeah. it so all our competitors can help you i all our competitors try so any, anyone else on the race uh, that's one of the things I read in one of the previous competitors blogs was you know there's a real community aspect to it you oh, know, yeah. there's about five or six people that go into this competitively they all are you know hundred people or whatever just are just, just trying to finish yeah. and they're all helping each other they're sharing resources sharing batteries sharing water whatever mm. um, so I'm actually I'm looking forward to that as well yeah. Probably be a good idea to get a lot of look or get a as have a competitor on as, as often as we can on the podcast. Uh, so like we're I'm sure well hopefully through talking to people will we'll not be much we'll overlook but I'm sure we're going to overlook something. Ah. Uh, and it would be good they know a lot of the people on there who could, like you say, share resources or uh, help you out in some 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 way. Like, well, it's early days. We've we've just signed up now so i haven't even got the kind of official information pack out yet but i'm assuming that there's going to be some sort of competitors forum or something uh, set if, up if there's not you could, you could potentially just try to find them mm. through you know the usual the uh, usual methods facebook and facebook them well there is they sent me out a, a form that i have to fill out online just like a kind of short bio for the website mm. so everybody's going to have their own bios or whatever online so I'm sure we could track some people down there, but definitely that that would be brilliant to get all our people that's that's competing on here just to chat, even chatting about their training techniques, what they're doing, um, all that kind of stuff. Did you notice if there was many people when you were looking at the previous competitors? If there was many people from abroad, or were they? Um, was it mostly I, Irish, or did you even notice? I didn't even notice. I wasn't looking out for it. I know there was a fella and the. There's a documentary for this on Vimeo. It's like a 15 minute long video. Um, I don't know where the fella's from exactly, but he come over to do the race and he got like, I don't know, a couple of mile in or something and his legs started cramping really bad and he had to pull out then just, he says, there's no way I'm doing, you know, 250k like this. Right. And then he says he come in, sat down for a couple hours and that was him grand then, you know, he could have went out and done it, but he just Too says, time lost. just strike it off. Oh. Heartbreaking, especially if you're training, you know, ten months or whatever. Mm. But I'll tell you what. See if you look at the the, the time that the f- the fastest fella come on, you know, thirteen hours he come on. So there's it was just last year. Last year, I so the fastest he, ever. Is. I th- I, that that was the fastest ever. I think it broke the course record. And the boy that came on second came on like two hours behind him. So this boy must have been absolutely flying, like. Mm. I think it's the Kekin's a big one because I think a lot of the people who train for these events swimming is a big part of their training Uh. so that's probably where a lot of people lose a lot of their time just not being used to the paddling and probably not doing not doing enough paddling because Uh. well it's it's tough to get out like like it's more time consuming than in the rest of things you have to be especially if you've never done it before you have to meet up with instructors and Uh. have a group we and well, k- kayak is definitely going to be the the most difficult thing. Um, as you say, it's it's hard to get out. Been trying f- for a couple of weeks now to get into some sort of kayaking club, and it's it's proven to be really difficult. Um, so that's that's the key first of all. Um, the other thing is getting out in open water 
is weather dependent and we don't exactly have the best climate here mm. so it's it's hard to plan your kayak runs um especially as a beginner i'm sure the kind of the fellas that have a lot more experience would see the rain and just go out we'll batter on out in the kayak whereas i i can't do that another thing is a lot of the the previous competitors have done triathlons and that kind of stuff and i know you know there's no kayak involved but there is a lot of swimming which i'm assuming transfers over a butt with the whole upper body strength kind of thing whereas i don't do any upper body work at all so that's that's what i'm really worrying about is getting the the kayak leg just you know as as that 15k gonna be the killer don't forget that your your kayak's not gonna be for speed either ah do you know what i mean so you could be really strong and have a your your zone to be really poor so all the strength in the world you have is going to be useless to you Uh, you know what i mean it's going to be more technique it's going to just carry on trying to be as resourceful with your energy as possible uh, just hopefully the the sea's not against us on the day uh well i think in the documentary that the gear mentions something about i can't mind exactly what it is but you're you're aiming to get on under a certain time because mm. that's when the tide turns and then so right. if you don't get on by like an hour and a half or an hour and 20 minutes or something the tide turns and then mm. it's twice as hard to get on then so Aye. and if if the, like like you say if the tide turns and zone two is not working for you it could be a case that you have to jump out of it and try and get get Aye. past the kayak Aye. um like and like the likes of like say you're running where you're where you're um you're moving to walking you know they they address a hull if the if the currents against you and it's choppy and zone two you just you might move. Ah. Do you know what I mean? You, might you, have, you have to uh, knuckle down then. But I, I think which about could be that, a, which could be disastrous. I don't I don't know the whole science behind it either. Um, once your last lactic acid builds up to a certain point, I assume it's, it starts getting stored in your muscles and or whatever. If I'm kayaking and all this lactic acid's getting building up and storing and say my, my arms and my chest or wherever where, where I'm getting it tight that's the end of me using my upper body then so will it be a bit easier then if I do have to come out of zone 2 for the kayak mm. jumping on the bike then my legs aren't as bad whereas it would be different if I was go, coming out of zone 2 on a cycling session and then jumping off the bike and having to run up muckish mountain, right. you know. but your body as a whole has to deal with uh, all with that the... lactate that you built up, right? So, you know, it's gonna it's gonna carry over your body's working a lot harder. They try and keep you at your piss and try and get rid of the, right, the effects of the, that you've built up on the in the kayak. And do you know what I mean? So, well, that's that's the whole idea behind this is we're gonna learn. You know, by the time this race comes around, I'll I'll know exactly what I can and what I can't do. The other thing is there's there is transition zones in between every leg so you can spend as much time in a transition zone as you want obviously you people's, recover. Uh, mm-hmm. so uh so you have your transition box where you keep all your resources and stuff and you know your food and drink and all that kind of stuff but you know if if you are getting a tight i would assume you could maybe maybe relax and chill out for for half an hour and, and recover a wee bit before jumping back on the bike it'd don't be, want to be doing that right. um it'd be nice to talk to previous competitors they find out how long they spent in their transition zones and well you can see on it's not up for 2018 but i think 2017 the the times includes how long each person spent in their transition zones as well i think the the last transition zone bar the the elite competitors people are spending like 40 minutes you know just getting ready for a getting marathon. ready for the marathon uh, getting yeah. a hot soup but a half food under yeah. or whatever and then yeah. straight back out again man if you if you're getting to that last transition zone and you have enough time on the bank to take the rest take the rest like uh i don't i don't know if i would <laughs> depending on how depending on how you're feeling if you're, if you're uh, feeling good i if i knew i could get out there i think i would just get out there because the thing is that last marathon then you you don't know how bad that's gonna go or you know you could be at a complete halt at some stage so ideally i would want to be coming in with about seven hours on the marathon like just so i can go right worst case scenario i can walk this at the end and and still finish but uh 
I'm looking forward to it anyway. Well, I'm not looking forward to that, but but it is it is exciting. You, you know, the thought of coming over that finish line, uh, you know, everybody being there and just being completely drained. But I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that. Like, um, it was a good buzz coming in the finish line, the marathon. Um, I would say this will be a lot better, a lot greater achievement. Like, if it happens. Hmm. I just hope it's definitely possible. I know I keep coming back to this, but I don't want anybody listening to this either and thinking, listen to this boy here, who does he think he is, you know, right. coming off the couch. Well, you're going to get people saying that, but ah. like, see the, the people, the experts that I've talked to, ah. they've said you'll do it, like, you know. Ah. They were like they were they were fairly casual about it too, like fairly cavalier. I was like I was like, have we buttoned off more than we than we can chew you like? And they were like, no, like it'll be extremely tough, but they'll definitely do it. Like, ah, you know. Okay. So they they've got a an expert opinion rather than listening to people ah, just going the haters. Yeah. Danny's that <laughs> was my first hater. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> he just laughed at you, didn't he? Uh, I said, I'm going to and he just. Hey, but the, but violent there, laughter but there you are first thing he said that he not said he that's for elite athletes uh, I and think he says like, that's for real men <laughs> <laughs> is that what he said <laughs> oh never mind no. I was going to say like the first paragraph on the on the, the Riz's website is you don't have to be an elite athlete ah uh, you know okay. it's all about mental durability more than physical We're, fitness like you, you can only get like as there like you can only get to a certain level of fitness you know you put like a generically like and most people will be well below the right. the fitness levels they do a, a 24 hour event like you know what i mean uh, so it is it's it's all in your head like you can only take yourself so far and right. then after that then you're doing mental battle with yourself just one one voice in your head's gonna be saying give up and the other voice in your head's gonna be saying keep going and it's just who you uh, one like you know uh well see to be honest when i was doing the marathon the at like 13 miles i thought I'm just going to... I'm done. I'm done. But th- there was a couple of things that kind of screwed me on the day. One of them was... I'll go for this. Not making excuses at all for my shit time. But uh, right when I started started on the, the starting line, there's a wee place where you drop your bags. And the, I have a wee connector for the the iPhone. So it's an aux... My, my headphones have an aux connector. I needed the lightning, the aux... And that was on my drop bag, and I threw my drop bag under the, the wee cages. And once you throw it up over on the cage, you can't get it back out. So I had no aux cable, and I was standing on the start line going, I have to run this entire marathon with no music. And that was just playing in my mind the mm. full time. So about five miles into the marathon, I phoned Danny, and I was like, can you bring me down my set of Bluetooth headphones and meet me at the 10-mile mark <laughs> and just hand them to me? So, and the 10 mile mark is when you, you go on the line then, so mm. you're out the line. So I was coming up, <laughs> I was coming up in like nine and a half miles. Like and I was phoning Danny, I was like, I'm getting these now. And I phoned Danny, I was like, where are you? I'm the I'm nine and a half mile mark. She's like, oh, I, I just went to get diesel. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm coming up there, I can't stop here, I'm right. running the marathon. And she's like, no, I'm not going to get there in time. And I was like, oh, God. Hey. And then just running past that 10-mile mark and her not being there. <laughs> Heartbreaking. Hey. And then you pass that same bit again at 15 mile because it kind of loops up around. And just, I passed it then. And the whole time I was running then, I was just so angry running the marathon. I was like cursing her up and down. I was like, I'm stuck here with no headphones and I'm running here and she's away to get diesel. She, she could have waited like... And then I, I looked round then and I was like, kind of caught myself on them phone down and I was like, right, I'm uh, I'm coming back round that same spot, coming up on the 15 mile mark, can you go over my headphones? And she was like, oh, I've parked the car, I'm standing at the 21 mile mark now, no, I, I can't leave here now. I was like, God, sick. So I had to go right round the end of the 21 mile mark with no music and that was... Did you get your headphones at 21? I got my headphones at 21. Um... I didn't know she passed them over to you. I think it was Sam handed them to me. I, I can't even remember. I was a, like a zombie at that stage. <laughs> but, um, so there there was that. And because I had done the whole training, every single session that I had done on training, I had a, a good playlist blasting my ears. And that was 
big motivation and then for my first run to not have any music to be the actual event it just kind of threw me off a bit mm. um and then another thing i was using uh a knee support because my knee was a bit dodgy i uh, getting a bit sore come come the end of my training and then it, the stupidest thing i ever done but the morning of the marathon i forgot they put it on at my shoes tied and all and i was like I was going out the door and I was like, oh, I forgot my knee support. So I grabbed my knee support and rather than untie my shoe and put the knee support on, I like pulled it on over my shoe and really like stretched it out of shape. <laughs> so then as soon as I started running, it was like slipping down my leg every two seconds and I was having to kneel down, pull up every two seconds. And that again just threw me off completely when I was running it was just annoying me but then after a couple of miles then I started sweating and started sticking to my leg which was grand but <laughs> gee, just just wee things like that wee tiny tweaks they, they can just get yeah. in your head when you're when you're training that, or running that's where event experience will really help you out like you know if you had a done a few events before that then you know these certain things that have happened to you would have uh, knew I, you don't make that mistake uh, twice that kind of thing that's it I was actually, I was watching a documentary the whole night. Um, I've, I've started watching all these endurance event documentaries now to try and get myself in the zone. Right. There's one on Netflix. It's, it's um, geez, I can't mind what it's called, but it, it's about these marathons up in the mountains. This this boy developed these, it's supposed to be the, the hardest endurance event in the world or whatever. There's... Mm. Like every year, there's only like one person finishes, and then a the couple of years, no one, no one finished it this year. But uh, have we been to Donegal? <laughs> it's actually the 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 boy that started the marathons. He's a bit of a madman. So the the way it works is it's the same twenty mile trail, but you have to do it five times. But it's like all all up over these like rocky mountains and really dodgy, you know. It only costs like one thirty to register. There's only a certain amount of people that can do it every year. Hmm. And then every year, because it, it's like that tough, you know, the the course is that tough. Every year, they, they pick one person to do it and they call them the human sacrifice. <laughs> so it's someone that applies that has like no experience at all. And, and they just bring them in, they see them fail. <laughs> oh. That's, like, that's going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read about the time penalties? Uh, that's if if you're not following the rules of the road and all that kind of stuff, you get a was that fifty mile penalty or something like that. Depends what you get. A minor violations get you five months. Second, a second, your second minor violation costs you fifteen minutes. Yeah. Uh, third violation or a major major violation, dangerous behaviour, is a red yard. So, yeah, uh, disqualification just a. Uh, I wonder what they involve. What a what what's a dangerous violation? Um it doesn't really tell you which ones are dangerous and which ones aren't. Oh, is there a list of actual violations? There's a list of violations. Uh, it's violating traffic regulations, obstructing right. traffic by not holding to the left whenever possible. It's mm. cycle. Uh drafting off an all athlete. Right. But surely if you're in a group, how are they gonna regulate that? Okay. Front or front or back lights not possible. On your run. Again, violating tra- traffic regulations or obstructing traffic in the same way. Depends up. Uh, it would be good to get that fella to come in first on. Just mm. to, just to well, see. Danny knows the guy who won it. Does he? Aye. Not last year. It'd be good to get someone that's the the more elite competitors in. Yeah. Just to see what kind of training they're putting on. Like, would you say, is this professional level training? What you're doing now? Uh, that we'll be doing in the lead up. Would that be professional athlete level training? Well, probably not, because if you're elite, you're probably devoting all your time to the one thing. Uh, but it it's... But how much training can you do in a week, like? That's what I mean. Like, would the, I wonder this fellow that's, that's come on 13 hours, is he doing... Mm. You know, like four hours a day training. Right. You can, you can, you can do, like especially at this at this stage, like you can be doing a lot of short stuff. Twice a day, you know, uh, as long as your nutrition's right for it, as long as you're eating for it, there's uh, no problems at all. Like. Well, I've got one of them turbo trainers now, which is actually sweet for just jumping on and training in the house, like. Yeah. 
noisy like if you were to watch the TV and use it you wouldn't be able to hear the TV uh, I would have to have headphones on uh. just sounds like a big whirling noise and I needed a, you actually need a, a different back wheel there's like turbo trainer back wheels that you get for your bike because the it's mounted on oh, like a wee right roller there. so you have to disconnect your wheel and put it uh, on its own it's quicker the, the, you can use the wheel that you have now but it it just balls it dead fast because the wee roller that's on gets dead hot mm. and then it's just melting the rubber then so yeah. uh, I'll get a wheel it's it's easy to pop a back wheel off and on on them road bikes like is it just one of the clubs uh, just a wee club clubs just clubs out then so but that's that's the next thing I need to get that's actually one of the things on the whole motivation aspect uh, I was reading this thing and she says if you set yourself wee goals and give yourself rewards it breaks things out so we have 40 weeks of training and I'm breaking it down and the 10 phases of training so every phase is a, a four week period and then at the end of the four weeks if I complete it or say I, I give myself a target of you know had 90% of the the training sessions or whatever and then if I do that then I'm allowed to reward myself in some way so it might be you know they get new running shoes or a new pair of running leggings or something like that so you always have something to work towards and then feel good at the end of which is a good good kind of way of mentally staying in the game the right. whole time hey a few triathlons might be a shout too you know it could be I'm just worried about Spend a lot of time, a lot of uh, time swimming. swimming. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Even a long, even a long bike event where we can kind of do uh, our liquid training, you know, or or feeding on the bike and. Uh, well, I'm I'm well used to consuming whilst training or running or cycling and stuff because that that's one thing that running the marathon got me used to because at the start it was so hard to run and get stuff under me while still going you know kind of turn your stomach a wee bit and mm. that whole kind of thing and, and getting the gels under you without gulping air at the same time and that kind of thing but did you get used to that quick enough and on the bike uh I suppose you get used to that as your as your cycles get longer anyway you'll be uh, you'll be doing a bit of that uh, on your training um i've only really tried the gels too like you can do things like dry fruit and all that kind of stuff but i don't know if that that would work for me <laughs> paul was saying that see when he did his iron man or his iron man what do you mm. call it that what's, what's plural that of iron a man? plural of iron man uh, iron man's I, iron man's um he said has gels was his, his nutrients um and then he brought like a car bar or a banana not for the nutrients just they just because you'd be starving and just they feel like you're eating something solid uh, and you're getting a nice taste and stuff like that literally right. just for sanity uh, more than anything else right because uh, I, I was thinking that the the gels are just so convenient i was thinking why would you go for anything else if they have everything that you need i don't mind i don't mind that though the the whole not eating solid foods if, Hi, if i knew i was getting enough from the gel Mm, but anything they keep your like this is uh, this is a mental battle like battle. so anything that's not gonna make it harder for you we should be uh, doing, like uh, definitely and it's all them wee things uh, they can accumulate on you like you know they just break you down uh, like it could be you could be climbing muggers and thinking i kind of would they get on the bike they get a they get a banana and uh, wonder how many calories will burn doing this must be thousands oh it's be crazy you uh, could you could burn so many calories that you implode. <laughs> <laughs> you just see your bike coming down the road with nobody on it. Wabon. Are we splattering goop on the seat? Is <laughs> it choked on my water? We got a smoke coming from the seat. Ah, <laughs> uh, we could do that. Not so will we just kind of do a wee casual outro now ah. tell people roughly where we think you're going to be able to find these things like ah. so we're thinking about plugging it onto my page anyway ah. so the first step is we're going to set up a a, web, a Facebook page ah. so I have the, the Facebook page set up and all it's called Couch to 250k so we'll be posting stuff on that regularly uh, nearly 
daily, I would say. We'll be putting out photos of the training, uh, all that kind of stuff. And then I'll set up a wee section on your website, aidendorifitness.com. So that'll link to all the podcasts and stuff. And you could maybe do a wee, wee blog every now and then, just covering more in-depth topics and the more of the science behind it. Um, and then podcasts. We haven't set out exactly where the podcasts are going to go yet, but I'd assume we'll probably be having the uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, wherever I'll take it. But um, I suppose right. this podcast will be posted on the Facebook page mm-hmm. and, and the description of the Facebook page is going to have exactly where where you can listen to the podcast or whatever. By episode two, once we have the, the trail run of how we're going to embed and reach listeners, by episode two, we'll know exactly ah. where you're going to be finding this. <clears throat> um, uh, and then how often probably put a podcast out every two weeks I would say uh, and we'll what aim about, for every two weeks you know. uh, um, which is it's just uh, the risk.ie risk. uh, uh, which is fairly handy so fairly um, fair information and that's done the, the this is all obviously for charity which is Self Help Africa yeah. what what does does it say what the what actually goes to charity no or we have that breakdown yet, no? Um, no, we could actually find it out. Well, I know we have to raise six hundred euro. Was it entry fee? Aye. So, I suppose if anybody wants to donate, we'll we'll set up a wee just giving page and stick it on the the Facebook page and the website and that kind of thing. Have you read what the what the entry fee includes? Uh, there's accommodation or something, is it? Two, I, two nights I, accommodation in the state, dinner on arrival on the evil event. Will you be down on the night before? See, there, there was an option to take accommodation and not take accommodation. There was only 60 spaces, so I took no accommodation. Right, okay. Because um, I was thinking, if I'm doing this, you're probably going to come down for it. Right. Danny will probably come down for it, and I can't think, so I might uh, book a wee holiday home or something. Right. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be better for me mentally as well, rather than sit lying in a hotel room awake on my own the night before. So I so I've opted out of taking one of their um hotel rooms. So actually, I think that may- does that make it cheaper? Is it only five hundred and fifty we have to raise? Maybe. Uh, it doesn't say. I think it might make it cheaper. You know, um, but. I don't want to just earn 550 because there's a trophy for, for whoever owes, raises the most money. The Phil last year... If we can't compete in the risk, we'll raise <laughs> exactly. the most money. <laughs> I'm wanting something. <laughs> I know we're, doing, we're, we're running the risk non-competitively, but the competitiveness and me wants to want something. <laughs> <laughs> so I want that trophy for raising the most money. So I will we'll set up a just given page. By the time we stick out this first podcast, we'll have a just given page set up, and we'll we'll start raising money through that. Um, I would hope that we could maybe do a couple of wee events and the lead up as well to raise money. Mm. Uh, you know, where you see people doing like twelve hour spins and voice or something like that. You know, mm. if we could get something like that going, uh, that'd be cool. Like. Mm. So what, no bar at all. Rent two bikes and ah, uh, or what? Say five bikes and then people jump on, jump out. Ah, uh, people do jump on, jump out beside you and support you. Ah, uh, so we'll we'll look at fundraising through a couple of different wee events like that, which is about a crack anyway as uh, well. That's good. They add again. They're keeping you going through the training. Ah, uh, we we things like that. Like so, I, all the money goes to Self Help Africa. We should probably actually find out a bit more information on what self help Africa. Well, I was just lo- I was just looking at some of what they actually do. Yeah, I was just looking at some of like a lot of it's like helping out with agriculture, you know, farming and stuff like that. For they help they invest in uh, f- you know seeds and uh, to expand farming lands. Obviously, all this is just to help feed the population. Seems to be. From a quick look at the website, a lot of it is based around agriculture. Yeah. Um, hey, it would be good if we could get a representative from Self Help mm. Self Help. I keep mixing that up. Self Help Africa, Africa right. on the the chat about uh, anybody for anybody that does donate, what their money is actually going towards. Cause it's always good to know. One of the things they do wouldn't even have been something I would have thought about. Eighty percent of the food on small scale farms. You, is produced by 
females, African women, produce 80% of the food on small-scale farms, and they re- receive a disproportionately small fraction of the support. Gender inequality is a massive obstacle for the outcomes for you know producing a lot of a lot of yield, yield food yield. Right. So, so they actually try to equal gender inequality. Right. Top of scales, back in the balance. They address a lot of climate change issues, which obviously has an effect on agriculture. And they they then help with their the actual population's nutrition too. Right. So that they're not just producing a high yield, they're also producing a quality yield. Right. But it's just all about kind of what you would expect, feeding the hungry. Right. Uh, well, if we get someone from Self-Help App, Self help Africa. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a represent. If the if that events for it, I'm sure there's. Uh, I'm sure even the the organizers have some kind of connection there that they've chosen that as their charity. Oh, there you are. Entry fee without accommodations five fifty euro. Five fifty. Right. Um. Hey, we'll raise that. No uh, problem. Uh, 